The French National Assembly has passed a resolution backing Taiwan's global participation. In a vote of 39 for, 2 against, it passed a motion that asked the French government to give concrete support to Taiwan's participation bid. Just six months earlier, the French Senate had adopted its own version of the resolution. This is now the first time that both houses of the French parliament have endorsed a pro-Taiwan resolution in the same year. Meanwhile in Taiwan, lawmakers from other parts of the world are gathering to show their support. Parliamentarians from three Baltic states and Belize are scheduled to attend the Open Parliament Forum, which opens on Thursday. Waving on the right is Valerie Woods, Speaker of Belize's House of Representatives. She arrived in Taiwan Tuesday morning. A few days prior, Taiwan welcomed a parliamentarian delegation from the Baltic states. They will all attend the 2021 Open Parliament Forum, which opens December 2nd. On Tuesday, the host of the event expressed welcome to his guests from afar. So far, the preparations have been smooth. Even as a non-member state of the Open Government Partnership, we are still so willing and diligent in delivering an event of this scale. We will show the international community Taiwan's determination in pursuing freedom, democracy and openness. Over in France, there was another show of support for Taiwan. On November 29th, the French National Assembly passed a resolution supporting Taiwan's participation in international organizations and multilateral cooperation forums. The vote came in at 39-4, two against, and three abstentions. Parliamentarians across parties spoke in favor of the resolution during the general discussion session. One lawmaker echoed the famous slogan, Je suis Charlie, in her speech. Le but de cette proposition de résolution the purpose of proposing this resolution is to recognize Taiwan's constructive role in international organizations and in multilateral relations under what we're all aware is a curious context in the Asia-Pacific region. It concerns the future of Taiwan, of course. It also concerns our future in that each and every one of us should not have to fear when we say, I am Taiwan. The French Parliament's upper house had approved its version of the bill in May. This is the first time that both houses passed a pro-Taiwan resolution within six months. Posting to Facebook, Taiwan's envoy to France wrote that this was a historical moment for Taiwan-France relations. He said that lawmakers from the French Communist Party had intended to vote against the bill, but decided to abstain at the last minute. In a tweet composed in French, President Tsai Ing-wen thanked France for its multi-party support. She wrote that as more and more countries back Taiwan's international participation, Taiwan must seize the opportunity to integrate with the world. Taiwan's absence in the international arena does of course pose a certain degree of threat. So everybody is hoping to use this opportunity to secure an appropriate role for Taiwan, so that Taiwan can share its experiences and make contributions to the international community. Scholars point out that Europe was where support first rose up for Taiwan's global participation. Since then, more and more countries worldwide have come to value Taiwan's role. In an exclusive interview with FTV, former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo confirmed that he is planning a trip to Taiwan. Speaking to an FTV correspondent in Japan, Abe said he's working out an exact time for his trip, during which he'll pay his respect to the late Taiwan President Li Denghui. Abe also weighed in at length on the sensitive issue of cross-strait relations. Ah, 
Former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo sat down for an exclusive interview with FTV correspondent Zhang Maosun. The pro-Taiwan former PM addressed the sensitive topic of cross-strait relations, breaking down the situation in detail. With China ramping up its saber-rattling, the world's nations have increasingly closed ranks around Taiwan. Among them, Japan and the U.S. have the closest ties with the island nation. In an October poll by the Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation, 65 percent of respondents said they believe the U.S. military would intervene if China attacked. Nearly 60 percent of respondents believe that Japan would intervene in the same situation. Speaking to FTV, Abe had a positive response to the poll's findings. First of all, the U.S. has always maintained a strategy of ambiguity, that is to say, strategic ambiguity. But this does not mean that the U.S. does not want to fulfill its obligation of defending Taiwan. It simply means that the U.S. has not clearly indicated whether it will do so. I think that this is a strategy used by the U.S. to allow both China and Taiwan to exercise self-control. At the same time, the U.S. is the leader of the free and democratic world. I think it goes without saying that it will turn its attention to Taiwan, which values freedom and democracy. Moreover, Japan and Taiwan have been friends since time immemorial. Taiwan has assisted Japan many times. For example, after the March 11th Tohoku earthquake, Taiwan was the world's biggest donor to Japan. That is something we will never forget. Therefore, during the COVID pandemic, we provided vaccine support. In the past, Taiwan also donated face masks and protective clothing to Japan. We can say that we support each other. I think that this relationship will not change in the future. With regard to our military countermeasures, we need to respond based on the situation at hand in accordance with the current laws. In mid-November, Abe became head of the largest faction in Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party. According to Japan's daily Shincho, Abe plans to visit Taiwan in the near future to highlight his policies and contain China-leaning forces in Japan. Speaking to FTV, Abe said that he was working out an exact time for his trip to Taiwan. He said he would be going to pay respects to former President Li Denghui. President Li Denghui was a great leader in Asia. I respect him very much. I'm also very grateful to President Li Denghui for giving me all kinds of encouragement. Therefore, I want to formally pay respects to him. Following careful consideration, I will finalize the exact timing of my trip. During his tenure as prime minister, Abe repeatedly demonstrated goodwill toward Taiwan. Even after leaving office, his support for Taiwan remains clear. Taiwan's 202nd Armory has opened its doors to media for the first time, allowing a glimpse into its comprehensive weapons collection. On display are rifles and ammunition manufactured in the U.S., Germany and Russia, along with a variety of domestically produced gun platforms. There's even a selection of rifles used in the founding years of the People's Liberation Army. For the first time, the Armament Bureau's 202nd Arsenal has opened its weapons exhibit to the media. The collection spans pistols, carbines, and standard long-barreled guns. They're not models, but genuine military issue. For the first time, the weapons exhibit of the military's 202nd arsenal invited in the media for a public opening. On display are many vintage and modern guns and ammunition. It's quite a striking showcase. Some pieces date back to the revolutionary period of the late Qing dynasty. 
There are guns from the US, Germany and Russia, as well as rifles used by the People's Liberation Army in the early years. These PLA rifles are what we call black market guns. When they were smuggled over, they were intercepted by our national police agency. Some of the confiscated guns were sent over here to be displayed. The military's 202nd arsenal handles the manufacture of various guns and ammunition. In addition, the 40mm and 20mm guns that you see behind me, as well as missile box launchers, are also in their production scope. Besides making a range of guns and ammunition, the 202nd arsenal produces a variety of remote-controlled turret systems that can be mounted on Cloud Leopard armored vehicles. It also makes box launchers for the domestically developed Chongfeng and Tiangong missile systems. Its T-91 assault rifle has even won a market outside of Taiwan. It's exported to seven countries. Its parts have also been commercially exported and are available on the U.S. retail market. The advantage of the T-91 is its relatively wide range of flexibility in combat. It's made to meet the requirements of current combat conditions. Various optical equipment and auxiliary equipment can be installed for use. Taiwan is a powerhouse not only in high technology. Its research and development in light weaponry has also put its name on the global map. Well, the 4-in-1 referendum is less than half a month away. The Freeway Bureau advises voters to plan ahead so they aren't derailed by traffic. It expects heavy freeway congestion on voting day, which starts at 10 in the morning. Drivers are advised to take any of 11 designated local roads instead. The Bureau has also announced traffic controls for the three-day New Year holiday. Besides the usual high-occupancy vehicle restrictions, it will close select ramps and open up shoulders to traffic on some sections. The usual holiday toll will be in effect all three days, except during the toll-free period between midnight and 5 a.m. Foreign holidays are still off the cards this winter. That means it's time to shine for Taiwanese restaurants that cater to our international cravings. So let's try out an eatery for beef lovers tonight. This restaurant takes Japan's legendary Wagyu beef and produces some dishes you might never have seen before. Premium A5 Wagyu beef sizzles on the grill. The chef grills the top for 15 seconds and then flips it to preserve the beautiful marble surface. Drizzled with the house sauce, it melts in the mouth. This barbecue restaurant owner is betting on the retreat of COVID to bring customers back in droves. The new Wagyu set meal includes a Wagyu intestine hot pot, so hearty and popular it could rival Taiwan's classic hot pot, the ginger duck. This squading chicken stock was simmering for eight hours before joining the pan with the grilled wagyu intestines, charcoal roasted tofu, and an assortment of flavors, including Chinese chives and garlic. The winter hot pot is made with the intestines of Kyushu wagyu cattle. Its uniquely warming taste is boiled up by miso from Aichi province and a special pepper mixture. The beef soup doesn't really have the normal pig intestines flavor, so it's surprisingly quite fresh tasting. This broth is delicious. This intestines and awful soup is quite popular with boys in Japan, but what surprised us was it's very popular with the girls too, because the offal and the beef organs are rich in collagen, and that's the holy grail of beauty supplements for girls. 
Kyushu is a beef lover's paradise, but foreign food pilgrimages are still off the menu this winter. So whether it's the premium class of wagyu you're after or more earthy offal soup, this is the hottest beef joint in town. Now, turning to an update on the Omicron COVID variant. Since it was first discovered in South Africa, Omicron has been found in more than a dozen countries, including Japan, Australia, Canada, Germany, and the UK. The CCC says Taiwan could see its first case as early as December. It said it's closely monitoring the variant's developments overseas. Let's hear from a spokesperson. Regarding which countries are considered high risk, we will have our epidemic monitoring team provide assessments of the global situation every day. Any updates to the high-risk list will be announced. As for our seven-day hotel quarantine policy, at the moment, it does not apply to arrivals from high-risk countries who must live at centralized quarantine facilities. The seven-day policy does not apply to them. The CCC was asked if current COVID tests could identify the Omicron variant. It said that all rapid tests sold in Taiwan target the end protein, so they should continue to work. The tests that may not work are those that target the S protein, which is highly mutated in the Omicron variant. Since 2018, the Ministry of Education has identified inquiry and practice as a principle for learning in natural sciences. One Taipei school is advancing these goals by harnessing the power of digital technology. In a 2018 update to the 12-year basic education curriculum, the MOE identified inquiry and practice as a cornerstone of learning in the natural sciences. That's why Taipei's Jinghua Elementary School teaches science through hands-on experiments, along with a focus on problem-solving and critical thinking. Sometimes the adaptive learning website really comes in handy because although in class you can ask the teacher directly if you have questions, when the teacher's not there you can still go to the website. There are other courses there too so you can study ahead. The school's courses encourage students to express their ideas. Every week, students use the platform to give peer reviews of each other's group presentations. At the end, the teacher steps in to explain concepts and resolve any difficulties encountered in experiments. With the introduction of technology-aided self-paced learning, the greatest benefit has been that the children are starting to use technology and the platform to learn. The other thing is that the adaptive learning website helps kids diagnose and remedy their own learning deficiencies. The third is the four learning strategies of self-paced study. One must not lose sight of the core knowledge in each domain. But instead, think about how technology can aid and optimize learning. Through thoughtful curriculum design, students are able to develop their skills of inquiry, to seek solutions to problems, and to participate in group discussions. And with the addition of digital tools, the students are able to sharpen their skills at their own pace. Celebrity Illy Cheng, better known as Ji Pai Mei, has ignited online debate over best practices for house buying. Cheng and a friend recently posted all about their detailed inspections of a new home. 
Lots of commenters weighed in with how to check a house is solid before sealing the deal. We spoke to some experts to get the inside knowledge. Chang crouches down to measure her circuit box. She and a friend splash 60 million NT on this luxury apartment in Taipei's Daan district. On her first trip to inspect the property, she took along an interior design expert. In a three-hour work session, they found a whole shopping list of problems. She joked that she was an overly nitpicking buyer, a constructor's nightmare. Her post set a furious debate about the ins and outs of inspecting a property. Normally, we fill the sink with water to the top, then drain it. If it leaks any, it's not watertight. There will be droplets of water which will dampen a tissue. That means the pipes themselves are not watertight. The average consumer doesn't have any special tools. They might take out a 10 NT coin and give it a tap to find out where the cavities are. If you do find cavities in tiles, there's a special knack to marking them as well. Marking them improperly could create a secondary dispute. An average consumer might just stick a bit of tape on, but we know the extent of the cavity, so sometimes it's very hard to define the range of the cavity. The extent of one like this is very obvious. This section is hollow. That's necessary to be able to ask the constructor and say, there are four tiles here with cavities. Inspection is sage not only for new-built homes. There are lots of details to watch out for when you take possession of an older home, such as aging pipes, leaks, and illegal extensions. We choose to view the room on a rainy day. Look at the beams, which all have what we call honeycomb, which is a lack of sturdiness in the grouting, caused by it not being shaken fully. A few problems appear, like the steel girders becoming visible and potential water leaks. According to the Dwell Quality Consumer Protection Association, the key points to inspect are, is the floor space as advertised? How is the balcony? Is the bathroom waterproof? Are the gutters at a good angle? Is the concrete made of cheap sand? Test for radiation coming from the girders. These are all points to get clear before you buy. The winners of the Taiwan Environment Lighting Awards are out. The annual awards recognize works that create innovative light environments using sustainable materials. This year, the winning projects include a hotel, a library, and even a coffee shop. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Four innovative spaces were recognized in the 2021 Taiwan Environment Lighting Award. One was Pingdong County's Cultural Affairs Bureau Library, which is dubbed Taiwan's first forest library. It's surrounded by 50-year-old camphor tree. The outdoor reading area on the second and third floor offer visitors a view of Dao San. Another winner is Taipei's Kimpton Da'an Hotel. It's tucked inside Taipei's bustling East District. Even with its modern and sophisticated design, the hotel blends right into the traditional alleys of the city. We had more range in the entries this year. This year, the entries include cultural buildings, museums, light and shadow art installations, community parks, landscape planning, history site constructions, and historic site renewal projects. The complexity of the light environments was deeper. There were much more layers on a cultural level. Another winner is this public artwork titled Shadow Emotion. Displayed at the Tainan Art Museum, it offers a different experience at different times of the day. Through specially arranged louvers, a sunlight and artificial lighting are used to produce changes to light and shadow to offer visitors a unique experience when they visit at different times. 
And then there's the house of Takao Ginza, a bed and breakfast and coffee shop located on an old Kaohsiung shopping street. Its dark interior creates a sense of intimacy among its visitors. We noticed several things. There was an improvement in the indoor light environments. After all, we spend more time in indoor spaces than outside. Improvement in indoor spaces is very important and directly improves our quality of life. The Taiwan Environment Lighting Award competition was first held in 2018 by the Coretronic Culture and Arts Foundation. The annual awards recognize works that use design and environmentally friendly materials to build innovative light environments. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhong Shuhui in Taipei. Another cold front is heading in, so get ready for a chilly rest of the week. Between Wednesday and Saturday, lows could reach 12 degrees in the upper half of the island. The incoming front is a dry air mass, so most parts of the island should see clear and sunny skies. Let's hear from a forecaster. Temperatures everywhere will drop significantly tomorrow. From early Thursday morning to Saturday morning, radiative cooling will bring temperatures to 12 or 13 degrees in Kinmen, Matsu, central Taiwan, and regions above it. Temperatures elsewhere on Taiwan proper will be 14 or 15 degrees. Starting tomorrow, the humidity will gradually decrease. In the east and in Greater Taipei from Wednesday to Thursday and even to Saturday, there will be a chance of sporadic showers, but sunny skies are expected elsewhere. In related news, a tropical depression near Guam strengthened into a tropical storm at 8 o'clock Tuesday morning. Tropical storm Niado is the 21st storm of the season. It's currently tracking west-northwest and is not expected to affect Taiwan for now.